Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Most interesting for health and fitness pros, we've turned the lessons learned coaching over 200,000 clients into a complete nutrition and health coaching system called the Precision Nutrition Certification. It's the industry's most recognized career-changing coaching system anywhere. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will coach you on growing your business, helping more people, and becoming a better coach. We'll help you become more than a personal trainer, strength coach, or nutritionist. We'll help you become the complete fitness professional. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, The Three Steps I Teach Trainers and Health Coaches to Help Fix Any Diet Problem, A Proven Formula for Helping People Look and Feel Their Best, by John Berardi, PhD. When your eating plan stops working, it's normal to just feel stuck. But you can fix almost any diet problem with these three steps. And the first one might really surprise you. I've been working in the fitness and nutrition field for 25 years, so I can say with certainty that every eating plan breaks down eventually. Kids come along, jobs get busy, family members get sick, life happens. It's easy, too easy, to get lost. But the exact nature of these nutrition breakdowns can vary. So over the past few years, I've worked hard to come up with a formula that'll fix almost any diet problem. The nutrition advice you usually hear in the media and at the gym is often boiled down to buzzwords and slogans. You know the ones. Just eat whole foods. Only eat food that your grandmother would recognize. Eat more fat and fewer carbs. If it doesn't run, fly, or swim, or it isn't a green vegetable, don't eat it. But when you're a real human in the real world, or a fitness professional helping one, slogans don't get the job done. Slogans lead to nutritional wheel spinning, frustration, and fat loss plateaus, or even unwanted weight gain. They lead to, should I just quit already? Or, why do I suck at this? Or, will nutrition always come with frustration and failure? It's time to go beyond the cliches and discuss how to really help clients fix a broken diet and start eating better. To share how we troubleshoot eating plans when they've just stopped working and you don't know what else to try. And finally, to show you how to use these powerful and purposeful strategies to improve your own eating or to help others do the same. Now these steps are proven to work. We've now tested them with close to 50,000 clients. And some of these steps may surprise you. And by the way, I gave a seminar on this very topic to fitness professionals in London, England not too long ago. Everyone I talked to afterward said the discussion opened their eyes to a more effective strategy for getting results. And you can see a video of it online in today's article at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fix dash any dash diet dash problem. Make sure to check it out. And trust me, a better understanding of nutritional physiology will give you a leg up in the fitness game, and it may even get you excited about your career again. In addition, online in today's article, you can find a link to an infographic we have on how to fix a broken diet, three ways to get your eating on track. Make sure to check it out as well at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fix dash any dash diet dash problem. All right, let's get on to those steps. Beginning with step one, remove nutritional deficiencies. 
When diets stop working, most people assume they need a complete overhaul right away. I have to cut out sugar and dairy and carbs and saturated fat. Plus, I have to eat more protein and more healthy fats and more vegetables. I have to start drinking lots of water, too. And exercise. Maybe a 6 a.m. boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call that the mission impossible approach. Through lots of frustration and failure in my own early career, I realized that the mission impossible approach isn't just difficult, it's misguided. Because a complete overhaul rarely addresses what's keeping most people from eating well in the first place. The problem is, people feel bad. And it's really hard to find the effort that's required for a healthy diet when you feel bad most of the time. Now I call the root sources of feeling bad limiting factors. Limiting factors are the things that stand in the way of progress. They could be physical, mental, or emotional. So let's focus on the physical first. Physical limiting factors could be hormonal imbalances, or sleep deprivation, or too much lifestyle stress. However, a very common and very commonly overlooked limiting factor is actually dietary deficiency, not getting the right nutrients in the right amounts to look and feel your best. Shocking percentages of the U.S. population are deficient in major nutrients. We have a chart online in today's article that outlines the percentage of U.S. population not meeting the RDA. Make sure to check it out. Now, when it comes to deficiencies, a study published in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition backs this up. It's really hard to get all the essential vitamins and minerals from food alone. This study analyzed 70 athlete diets. Every single diet was deficient in at least three nutrients, and some diets were missing up to 15 nutrients. The most common deficiencies? Iodine, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin E, and calcium. Another study also published in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition showed that people following one of four popular diet plans, including Atkins, South Beach, and the DASH diet, were also very likely to be micronutrient deficient, particularly in six key micronutrients, vitamin B7, vitamin D, vitamin E, chromium, iodine, and molybdenum. Back when I was a graduate student at the University of Western Ontario, I set out to find the mythical balance diet. I analyzed the intake of nearly 600 fourth-year exercise and nutrition undergraduate students. Shockingly, less than 10% met the minimum standards for a complete balanced diet. Like the other studies, these folks were missing such nutrients as zinc, magnesium, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and protein. In situations where populations are fed institutionally, for example prison inmates and school children, things can be even worse. But there is hope. Research in the British Journal of Psychiatry shows that providing fish oil and a multivitamin to prison inmates reduces aggressive and violent behavior by 35% and decreases antisocial behavior by 26%. And a paper published in Nutrition Reviews shows that giving children fish oil and a multivitamin improves both their behavior and intelligence scores. The bottom line? Dietary deficiencies are very common. Chances are you've got one no matter how good you think your diet is. And at the same time, they're not that hard to fix. Now, as discussed above, optimized energy levels, appetite, strength, endurance, and mood all rely on getting enough essential nutrients. That's why you can eat clean, go paleo, avoid meat, lower your carbs, or count calories. You can do everything right nutritionally and still feel awful. Because, as we've said, when you're deficient in key nutrients, you feel bad. The most common deficiencies we see with new precision nutrition clients are water, low-level dehydration, vitamins and minerals, 
protein, particularly in women and men with low appetites, and essential fatty acids. 95% of the population is deficient here. Now the thing is, in the modern world, fixing a deficiency is actually pretty easy. To find out if you and or your clients are deficient in any area, there are a few options. First, you can have a dietitian do a diet analysis. Second, you can record what you're eating and enter it into an online nutritional calculator. At Precision Nutrition, we like to make it even easier. As soon as clients begin with us, we do a quick survey of what they're eating. Six questions tell us most of what we need to know. From there, we help them eat more of the protein-rich foods they prefer, drink more hydrating fluids, supplement with essential fats, fish or algae oil, and or eat more foods rich in the vitamins and minerals they need most. And as soon as they get these nutrients, yeah, they start getting results. Our clients quickly start feeling better. Immediately, the energy levels go up. They feel more motivated. They lose fat and gain lean muscle. Their workouts become easier and better. They start seeing the results that stopped when their diets broke. In the end, the first step to fixing dietary problems is to identify and remove nutritional deficiencies. Okay, that's step one. Step two, adjust food amount and food type. Once we're getting all the raw materials necessary for proper functioning, in other words, those essential nutrients, we can move on to bigger issues. Food amount, what some call calorie intake, and food composition, which includes macronutrient breakdown. In our coaching programs, we help clients get away from using handbooks, websites, databases, spreadsheets, and math when planning meals. You see, while we know that total food, i.e. calorie intake matters, we're not really fans of counting calories, for most people, most of the time. To begin with, calorie counting does nothing to help us tune in to our own powerful hunger and appetite cues. By learning how to listen to our own bodies, we have better long-term success in healthy eating. Of course, not everyone knows how to do this from the start. It does take a little coaching and some practice. And yes, calorie counting also doesn't help us balance our health goals with our natural human enjoyment of food. In the short term, anyone can turn eating into a numerical and robotic exercise. But in the long run, this strategy falls apart. Just ask anyone who used to count calories. You shouldn't have a hard time finding them. There's another problem with counting calories. It's just not all that accurate. Because of imprecise labeling, lab errors, the differences in food quality and preparation, calorie counts recorded on food labels and websites, even those within the USDA's nutrient databases, can be off by as much as 25%. Then there's the fact that human absorption is so wildly variable based on food preparation methods and even the bacteria living inside your own gut. And if you want to geek out with me, you can read this killer piece about how metabolism works online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash metabolic dash damage. There are great sections on both the calories in and calories out sides of the energy balance equation. Make sure to check it out. But the bottom line here for step two, even if you're the world's best calorie counter and you can avoid the inevitable lifestyle problems associated with it, the math just doesn't add up. We teach most clients a different approach to calorie control. The PN method for estimating portions requires nothing more than your own hand as the ultimate portable measurement tool. For example, men might begin by eating two palms of protein-dense foods at each meal, two fists of vegetables at each meal, two cupped handfuls of carb-dense foods at most meals, and two thumbs of fat-dense foods at most meals. Women might begin by eating one palm of protein-dense foods at each meal, one fist of vegetables at each meal, one cupped handful of carb-dense foods at most meals, 
and one thumb of fat-dense foods at most meals. First, we help clients see what this looks like, like in real life, on a plate. Then we adjust actual portion sizes up or down depending on each person's unique body and goals. For example, men who want to add mass fast get an extra thumb of fat or an extra cupped handful of carbs per meal. But men who want to lose fat might scale down to one palm of protein, one thumb of fat, and one cupped handful of carbs per meal, eaten slowly and mindfully to 80% full. And of course, just like any other form of nutrition planning, including detailed calorie counting, this is just a starting point. You can't know exactly how your body will respond in advance, so stay flexible and steer dynamically. Adjust your portions based on your hunger, fullness, overall activity level, and progress towards your goals. Start with the basic template, and then adjust your portions at any time using outcome-based decision-making. In other words, how's that working for you? For 9 and 10 people, eliminating nutrient deficiencies and getting food portions right will make a huge difference in how they look and feel. However, for those who want to go even further because they have more advanced goals or because they're already doing the first two and still struggling, let's now talk about food composition. At Precision Nutrition, we have a really simple shortcut for helping people eat right for their body type. We begin by classifying clients into one of three general categories or somatotypes. I-types, ectomorphs, V-types, mesomorphs, and O-types, endomorphs. You can see images of each online in today's article, but I'll give you a quick rundown. I-types, the ectomorphs, are thin, with smaller bone structures and thinner limbs. Think of a typical endurance athlete, and they have a few key features that affect their response to food. First, their engine speed is set to high revving. They tend to be thyroid and sympathetic nervous system dominant, with either a higher output or higher sensitivity to catecholamines like epinephrine and norepinephrine. They typically have a fast metabolic rate. They're also high energy. They're often fidgeters and pacers. They tend to burn off excess calories with near constant movement throughout the day. And they tolerate carbs well. These are the rare folks who can seem to eat cookies with impunity. I-types therefore generally do best with more carbohydrates in the diet, along with a moderate protein and lower fat intake. So that's what we recommend. More healthy carbs and less fat with a moderate amount of protein. A nutrient distribution for this body type might be around 55% carbs, 25% protein, and 20% fat. But don't drive yourself crazy with the math. Just think higher carbs and lower fat. And here's what that might look like using our portion control guide. I-type men begin by eating two palms of protein-dense foods at each meal, two-fifths of vegetables at each meal, three cupped handfuls of carb-dense foods at each meal, and one thumb of fat-dense foods at each meal. I-type women begin by eating one palm of protein-dense foods at each meal, one fist of vegetables at each meal, two cupped handfuls of carb-dense foods at each meal, and half a thumb of fat-dense foods at each meal. Alright, let's move on to our V-types, mesomorphs. Mesomorphs have a medium-sized bone structure and athletic body, and if they're active, they usually have a considerable amount of lean mass. Many explosive athletes like wrestlers and gymnasts fit this criteria. Their bodies are designed to be powerful machines. Excess calories often go to lean mass and dense bones. They tend to be testosterone and growth hormone dominant. Thus, they can usually gain muscle and stay lean easily. V-types therefore generally do best on a mixed diet, with balanced carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So, that's what we recommend. A nutrient distribution for this body type might be around 40% carbohydrate, 
30% protein and 30% fat. But again, don't drive yourself crazy with the math. Just envision a roughly balanced mix of all three macronutrients. And here's what that might look like using our portion control guide. V-type men would begin by eating two palms of protein-dense foods at each meal, two fists of vegetables at each meal, two cupped handfuls of carb-dense foods at each meal, and two thumbs of fat-dense foods at each meal. V-type women would begin by eating one palm of protein-dense foods at each meal, one fist of vegetables at each meal, one cupped handful of carb-dense foods at each meal, and one thumb of fat-dense foods at each meal. Okay, let's move on to our third and final type, the O-types, endomorphs. O-types have a larger bone structure with higher amounts of total body mass and fat mass. Football linemen, powerlifters, and throwers are all typically endomorphs. Their engine speed is set to idle. They tend to be parasympathetic nervous system dominant. Unlike ectomorphs, endomorphs are built for solid comfort, not speed. They're naturally less active. Where the ectomorphs tend to burn off excess calories with near constant movement, excess calories in endomorphs don't seem to cause that same increase in expenditure. This means that excess calories are more likely to be stored as fat. They typically have a slower metabolic rate and generally don't tolerate carbohydrates as well, particularly if they are sedentary. O-types therefore generally do best on a higher fat and protein intake, with carbohydrate intake being lower and properly timed. In other words, mostly after exercise. So that's what we recommend. More fat and protein, less carbohydrate. A nutrient distribution for this body type might be around 25% carbs, 35% protein, and 40% fat. Again, no math gymnastics. Just think higher fats and protein, lower carbs. Here's what that might look like using our portion control guide. O-type men begin by eating two palms of protein-dense foods at each meal, two fists of vegetables at each meal, one cupped handful of carb-dense foods at each meal, three thumbs of fat-dense foods at each meal. O-type women begin by eating one palm of protein-dense foods at each meal, one fist of vegetables at each meal, half-cupped handful of carb-dense foods at each meal, and two thumbs of fat-dense foods at each meal. All right, that's it for step two on adjusting food amount and food type. Let's move on to our final step, step number three, fine-tune the details. In the grand scheme of things, details like meal frequency, calorie carb cycling, and workout nutrition are just minor tweaks, very minor tweaks. But let's address them anyways, beginning with meal frequency. For years, dietitians and nutritionists, myself included, thought that the best approach to splitting up your daily food intake was to eat small meals frequently throughout the day. From early research, we assumed that this would speed up the metabolism, help control the hormones insulin and cortisol, and help better manage the appetite. However, we now know better. All the latest research suggests that as long as we eat the right foods in the right amounts, meal frequency is a matter of personal preference. You can eat lots of small meals each day, in other words, every few hours, or you can eat a few big meals each day, with bigger time gaps in between. Now, my advice is, listen to your own body and apply the how's that working for you test. If you're covering all your other bases and your current meal frequency isn't working for you, try switching it up. Experiment with fewer meals if you eat more frequently and more meals if you eat less frequently. Because either approach is valid. You're free to find the approach that works best for you. All right, let's talk about calorie and carb cycling. So whether your goal is to lose weight, build muscle, see your abs, or get back in shape, carb and calorie cycling can make a real difference. Now, make sure deficiencies are eliminated, calories are controlled, and macronutrients are aligned appropriately, 
and that you're doing all of this consistently before considering any of these fine-tuning strategies. Now, while it may have a fancy name, carb cycling is simply eating more carbohydrates on some days, usually on high volume or high intensity days, and eating fewer carbohydrates on the other days, usually low volume, low intensity, or off days. We focus on carbohydrates and not protein or fats because carbs seem to influence body composition, how you look, and how you feel the most. By changing carbohydrate and therefore calorie intake on particular days, we can keep fat loss going and metabolic rate humming along without the ill effects of stringent calorie or carb restriction. The carbon calorie cycling approach is pretty simple and based on your activity. On the days you're not lifting weights or days where you're just doing low intensity or short duration exercise, eat a baseline diet of mostly protein, vegetables, and healthy fats with minimal carbs. On the days you're lifting weights or you're doing longer duration high intensity exercise, add starchy carbs to your baseline diet. And that's pretty much it. No need to measure grams or count calories, just follow a baseline diet on lower carb days and add carbs on higher carb days. And just remember this one thing, removing deficiencies, controlling calorie intake, and beginning eating for your body type and doing all this consistently must come first. If you haven't done those first, this strategy usually backfires. Now let's talk about workout nutrition. Yes, it's the age-old question. What should you have before, during, and after your workout? Well, if you're training specifically for maximal muscle adaptation and are training with high volume and high intensity, potentially multiple times every day, then eating an appropriate meal about one to two hours before and after training or competition may be important. Also, for more advanced individuals, using a branched-chain amino acid drink, which is lower in carbs and calories, or a protein plus carbohydrate drink, which is higher in carbs and calories, during training can make a real difference in terms of adaptation and recovery. However, if you're exercising for general health and fitness, or simply to look and feel better, you should only consider the question of workout nutrition once you've eliminated deficiencies, gotten your total food intake in check, and started eating right for your body type. And, might I remind you gently of course, done all of those things consistently. Yes, every day, over and over and over. Then, if you're still looking for a little boost, my best recommendation is to continue to eat normally around your workout and use a simple branched-chain amino acid BCAA supplement. 5 to 15 grams mixed with a liter of water and sipped during an exercise session should do the trick. Alright, now with these three main steps in mind, what to do next? If you're frustrated with an eating plan that's not working but aren't sure what to do about it, hopefully this article today has given you something new to consider and try. In summary, number one, Remove limiting factors. If you feel bad, no diet is going to work for you. So start by rooting out and eliminating those limiting factors. This includes addressing any sleep problems and talking to your doctor if you feel there may be a hormone imbalance. But the most common and most commonly overlooked problem is nutritional deficiency. And the easiest way to wipe it out is by eating more protein-rich foods, drinking more hydrating fluids, supplementing with essential fats like fish or algae oil, and or eating more foods rich in the vitamins and minerals you need most. Number two, calibrate food amount and type. Make sure you or your clients are eating the right kind and amount of food. Start with the hand measure portions for men and women in our calorie control guide. You can download it at precisionnutrition.com forward slash calorie dash control dash guide. And for fitness pros, feel free to print out our infographic on portions for your clients. 
You can find that at precisionnutrition.com forward slash calorie dash control dash guide dash infographic. From there, adjust portions based on appetite, meal frequency, activity level, weight goals, and results. Then, if you feel the diet could be further tailored, consider adjusting portions for your body type. And number three, be consistent. With these strategies, you should get results relatively quickly in most cases, but not overnight and not if you're inconsistent. The key to staying consistent while fixing a broken diet? Accountability. That could mean a food journal, a trainer, a trusted partner or friend, or hey, an experienced nutrition coach. All right, that's it for today's article, The Three Steps I Teach Trainers and Health Coaches to Fix Any Diet Problem, a proven formula for helping people look and feel their best by John Berardi, PhD. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fix dash any dash diet dash Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.